It's time for Tuesday Terror here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG 13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. You're listening to an Eric Busby production. work. You you all right over there, pale man? Sure. Sure. Ace planting into concrete. So, yeah, I'm doing great. I've been blown up, dropped from the sky onto the roof of a car, and now a road. I'm sensing a pattern here. And instead of paranoia, I'm skipping directly to bitter resentment. Your robot friend's not here, Salem. Jarius is a cyborg, not a robot. And th- there's no reason he should be. We flew blind through the denominational vortex. There could be a time differential, as well as a spatial one, between his position and ours. So you've no idea where we are? Not at the moment. Last. Narrowing the confinement beam has apparently cooked my handle. Handle? Mm-hmm. A, uh, a nickname for these control units, coined by the faction agents. Moving from one universe to the next is akin to passing through a door, so this is the door handle, or handle for short. Stimulating, I'm sure. Well, it still has power. With luck, I could get it working again. If I had tools. As Salem looked over her handle, I looked around at our new stopover. It was Portland, but not the one I knew. The city was quiet. Buildings had long since been abandoned. Windows smashed, litter fluttering in the wind. The wreckage of cars. Well... This looks like a pleasant place. I'm going to assume you're being facetious. Well, aren't you a clever girl? Where do you think you're going? I hate mysteries. Always like to know what's going on. Besides, don't you want tools for your knocker thing? Handle. Call it whatever you want. It's door related. (laughs) You called it a knocker. Semantics bore me. Deeds, not words. Let's go, shall we? Hey, don't forget, pale man. You agreed to listen to what I had to say. You said we would talk once we were safe. Does this strike you as a safe place to talk? Uh, no. (laughs) No, not really. Then let's table our little chat until we figure out where we are and what's happened. Now do keep up, there's a good girl. Actually, I have a few questions for you. Such as? Why did you take the power core for one thing? Ah, yes. Well, uh, that's a bit complicated. (laughs) Now that is funny. Uh, funny? Saying it's complicated. That's usually my line.
Ah, not quite. A door. Huh. Uh, why are we in a coffee shop? Good place to find things out, coffee shops. People are always going on about their day. News events, what was on TV, and so on. Um, but everyone here seems to have died a long time ago. I didn't say it wouldn't be challenging. Oh my. I stepped up to a table where a customer had clearly chosen to end his life. By all appearances, a jump-suited handyman. The remains of his skull were scattered in little fragments on the table and floor. The table before him was coated brown with his dried blood. Beneath it, a rust-covered pistol. He had worn a tool belt at the time of his death. Oh, look! Tools! Perfect! Ah, a sentimentalist. Huh. Pale man, look at this. Can you just call me Byron? Most people call me Byron. Being called Pale Man all the time sounds weird. Then look at this, Byron. Here. Folded up in his tool belt. What is it? Uh, most likely part of a newspaper. Here, uh, look at the headline. Necrosis Plague Year 5. Let me see that. All contact with Europe and Asia has been lost. Evacuation of Australia continues while undead masses force refugees out of major population centers. <laughs> uh, zombies. Of course it's zombies. It's always zombies. I'm never beset with an invasion of teddy bears with an ice cream fixation. Always the walking dead. Uh, it goes on to say that the attacks primarily happen in the dark places. Hmm. Sunlight. Extreme heat or ultraviolet. Bacterial infection? Bacteria? Why do you say that? Uh... These undead plagues are often bacterial-based, very infectious, spreading quickly. Eventually, they kill the host, but it's the bacteria that keep the body moving until it rots away. When they attack people, it's not because the dead want to feed, it's the bacteria trying to spread. Like rabies, in a way. Rabid animals attacking others to spread the infection. Exactly. On many worlds, that's what the undead virus is, just a mutation of the rabies. But this one is sensitive to sunlight. The bacteria may feed on blood as well. So they're more vampire than zombie? Well, it doesn't really matter, of course. The results are the same. So when the sun goes down, we have a problem? Oh no, not at all. You say that with a lot of confidence. Experience, actually. Here, look at the date on the paper. 1995. It's 2018 now. Everyone who had the infection, you know, living or dead, has long since turned to dust. In fact, I very much doubt there are any humans left on this earth. Without them, the virus would have burnt out. When the dead rise, it's an extinction event. I've seen it happen on many worlds. But I was able to stop outbreaks like this on my earth. Maybe people did here as well. Well, not really. You see, most Earths don't have supernatural elements. Beings like you, for example. Choose any other Earth, and you'll find people going about their lives, and nothing more. Day after day, one year bleeding into the next. Monsters, preternatural beings, and such. 
Here, they're merely stories that tell themselves. Thus, when the dead start to rise, there's really nothing to stop them. Treatments and cures, even when they're found, they're pointless if you think about it. Numbers, you see. The dead always outnumber the living. And in a short time, humanity is no more. This is common? No, only happens to one Earth in every hundred or so. Agents are encouraged to avoid these worlds like the, well, the plague, if you get my meaning. Yes, yes, I do. Well, here are the tools. You should get working on your handle. I stand at a window looking out at the city while Salem works on her device. I know this is not my Portland, not my home, and yet, looking upon a reflection of what could have been, it preys upon my mind. Could something like this still happen on my earth? I've stopped the undead plague in the past, but I can't. Take the feeling I'm seeing a page out of some future chapter of my life before me. I pull my jacket closer around myself to ward off the chill. <laughs> Eureka! It's working again! It'll take a few hours to fully charge. Uh, beyond that, we should have no problem leaving. Good. I want to get away from here. Are you all right, pale man? I'm fine, and I've asked you to call me Byron. Byron, sorry. Force of habit. Now then, uh, I think we're pretty safe here. I think it's time we... Did you turn on the radio? No. No, I did not. It sounded like a voice. Survivors after all this time? Impossible. One thing I've learned about humans, never underestimate their will to survive, even in the worst of situations. Okay, either that's the worst song I've ever heard, or someone was screaming. I wasn't even plugged in. Where did the power come from? Well, batteries, most likely. Uh, residual charge. At the very moment someone screams in terror, quite the coincidence. No, 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 no. This is not happening. Not here. Someone's playing games. It's not a game, Byron. This is bad. This is very, very bad. What are you talking about? I, I think they're echoes. Uh, it's what the faction calls ghosts. They're the first indications of... I turned quickly to look behind me. A green, glowing fog was flooding the streets behind the coffee shop, settling. As it grew thicker, I could see movement inside the mist. Memories of a dream came back to me. A fog that enveloped a city. No! No! Salem bolted out of the coffee shop, down a street away from the fog. 
As it grew dense and thick, stinking like sour milk, I began to hear ghostly voices in the foul mist. Well, discretion is the better part of valor, so I ran after Salem. Tell me what we're running away from. It's come to this world. It's... We stopped running, and I saw another green, glowing fog bank before us. It stretched across the horizon and far into the sky. It was everywhere. It would be on us in mere minutes. Not like this. I don't want to die like this. No thanks. Don't worry about me. I'm sure I'll be fine. Fortunately for me, Salem was too frightened to lock the door behind her. I found her sitting on the floor with her back against the wall, held up in a fetal position, rocking back and forth. Well, clearly you know something about this that I don't. Tell me what's happening. You don't understand. It's the Expanse. It's here. On this Earth. We're going to die here. Well, let's not write the obituary quite yet. We have a little time before it catches up with us. What is the Expanse? Death. Pure and simple. The death of everything in the multiverse. The the faction first encountered it a while ago. A strange green fog that breaks down the barriers between Earths. It devours everything. Matter, energy, void. Everything. The annihilation of the universe. The whole universe? Yes. Earth seems to be a, a linchpin, if you will. The thing that holds the universe together. We don't understand why, but... Once the Earth is gone, that universe is... is... um... Destroyed, I get it. Yeah. Where does this fog, the Expanse, come from? Do you know what drives it? No. We've never been able to find its point of origin. Our best guess is it comes from... well, outside. Outside? Outside the multiverse. I'm confused. The multiverse is everything, the whole of reality. As I said, it's our best guess. We don't know where it comes from. But we know it does not come from creation in any sense. It's anti-creation, if anything. Annihilating everything in its path. What about the ghosts? You call them echoes. Where do they come from? Well, we think they're what's left of those absorbed. An echo of who and what they once were. They arrive before the Expanse does. Like a bow wave. As boats move along the water, they create a wave in front of them. Dolphins like to ride in this wave. It propels them forward. It's called a bow wave. Echoes are probably driven by the Expansion's bow wave, arriving just before it does. So many universes have been destroyed, Byron. The faction has been trying to stop it, but 
nothing we've done even slows it down. It's pure chaos unleashed on creation. That's why we took your power core. To try and fight against it. If it's come from outside, something let it in. An opening of sorts. I wonder... Wonder? Wonder what? What? Oh, later. But now, obviously, we need to leave. But how? It'll be hours before my handle has built up enough energy to leave. The fog will be here long before that. Can I see your handle for a moment? Salem handed me the device. It reminded me of a large cell phone. I looked it over for a moment, then tapped it on the side. There you go. How... How did you do that? It's fully charged. It's... It's complicated. You're going to find I'm full of surprises. So I see. Right. Uh, I'm setting a jump for... The green fog outside pressed through the window like a foul-smelling wall of ghost light. But it's what stepped out of it, through the window and into the room, that caught my attention. He stood tall, at least seven feet or more. Dressed in black and red armor, his head was covered in a skull-faced helmet. His eyes glowed a burnt amber. He looked at me with recognition. You, at last. Salem, what the hell is that? Something very, very bad. Hang on, we're out of here. So, the pale man has entered the war. So much the better. Oh, God. More frickin' ice cream. That's it. I'm killing them all. Don't you dare, Jarius. No, let him. It's just a teddy bear, Kim. I like teddy bears, Porkchop. You fire that weapon, and I'll... I'll... You what? I don't know, but it'll be bad. I'll... pinch you or something. Oh, 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 I forgot there's three of you. I'll just have to get more ice cream. More ice cream for everybody. Yippee! Kim, you're protecting something that says yippee. Oh, yeah. Lord above, I never thought I'd kill for some wheat germ, but today's the day. How the hell can these teddy bears subsist on nothing but ice cream? I don't know, Porkchop. Maybe because they're stuffed with cotton. It doesn't matter. My handle is charged. I'm leaving. If you want to come with me, get ready. An e-ticket out of downtown Brain Freeze? Oh, hell yes. Where are you taking us, Jarius? The center of the multiverse web. And just where is that? My home. Earth Prime.
You've been listening to The Byron Chronicles, The Chaos Faction, Part 3, written by Eric Busby. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Sarah Ray Werner as Salem, Peter Joseph Lewis as Jarius, Natalie Motti as Kim Drake, Justin Fife as Porkchop, Eric Holloway as The Warrior, and Lynn Foley as The Happy Teddy Bear. The script editor was Joe Medina. Music performed by Kevin McLeod, Adrian Von Ziegler, and Coag Music. Byron theme by Kai Hartwig. This is Darren Marlar. You've been listening to an Eric Busby production. Bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the Weird Darkness. I'm Darren Marlar, the creator and host of Weird Darkness, bringing you true stories of the paranormal, supernatural, mysterious, macabre, unsolved, and unexplained. New episodes seven days a week. Get the podcast at WeirdDarkness.com or search for Weird Darkness in your favorite podcast app. In a world. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not in a world. Or on one, for that matter. I'm in space. And you are listening to my audio diary. Whoever you are. If you even exist. If I even exist. You know, I feel this trailer is not going the way it's supposed to. I feel like I should add in some lasers and explosions and angry shouting and maybe a couple of those bwomp sounds. But none of those would accurately portray life out here on the Cavatica, which is largely quiet and uneventful. Well, except for when Charlotte malfunctions, and parts fall off the ship, and unexplained lights appear on the horizon. And, okay, maybe quiet and uneventful is not exactly the right phrase to use. How about this? In my audio diaries, you'll find mystery, weird insects, existential crises, twisted family secrets, natural and unnatural phenomena, creepy messages, delicious cheeses, truth, beauty, proper use of a stereo microscope, and maybe even love. But no guarantees. Season 1 of Girl in Space launches September 18th, 2017 with a new episode every two weeks. Subscribe using your favorite podcast app or stream episodes at girlinspacepodcast.com. It's all here in space. Bwomp. This is Walter Heath at Outpost Freestead, approximately 33 kilometers northeast of New Orleans, south of the border to the National Park. I'm reaching out for seizure group and possible rescue services in New Orleans. Our repair team has completed the assignment. A storm has stranded us here for over a week. Looking for confirmation and information. Anyone, please respond. Hello, everyone. I would like to thank you for accepting the offered position for the examination and repair expedition out to Outpost Freestead. My God! Are you seeing this? Go do it then. If we can leave, we need to get moving. This storm is not normal. We must leave. 
The following documents and recordings are a compilation detailing the events of the repair team sent to Outpost Freestead, consisting of Dr. Rosa Della Torre, Walter Heath, Graham Kasner, Dr. Karina Schumacher-Weiss, and Jonas Thorninson. In the winter months, gale storms in Svalbard can reduce visibility dramatically. During these storms, travel is not advised. Battleground Productions presents Brass, the Devil in Whitechapel. The place is London, and the year is 1887, in a Victorian world of airships and ethereal batteries, of computational engines and ingenious automatons, where an enlightened empire strives to provide unparalleled blessings of scientific ingenuity to all of its citizens. But a very bright world casts a very dark shadow, and in London, one of the places where its darkness is impenetrable is the district in the East End known as Whitechapel. Join us for a special expedition into mystery, madness, and the uncanny as Lord and Lady Brass go in search of a missing child deep into the world of the Victorian occult, where poets, mediums, and diabolists are all met on the trail of the devil in Whitechapel. Brass, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Prepare for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster, Monster Kid, Kid Radio. Radio. Here your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classic and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster, Monster Kid, Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters. Modern Talk. And the head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster, Monster Kid Radio. Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen, the demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, bring you Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality, to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D I G I T A L V A U D E V I L L E.com. Mm-hmm.